0: hey everybody and welcome to the true crime squad this is katie weaver and I'm here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello!
1: Hello! Hey, everybody.
0: This is our last episode of Season 3. It's also nice. our last episode of 2022, besides our live streams, and we just couldn't be happier to be here.
1: Right? Another whole year and another whole season wrapped? Woo! Like yeah, we need to take a nap thinking about how hard we worked in the last
0: year. It has been a year. Oh, yeah. I was thinking has. about all of the cases that have you know, cycled through this year, and it there's been a lot. Holy cow! A lot. Yep. Yeah. So for today's episode, we thought we'd do something entirely different. Mm-hmm. We're going to share with you eight cases mm-hmm. that aren't real. Why would we do that? Well. For a few reasons. First of all, we wanted to go out with a bit of a lighthearted bang. Mm -hmm. Uh, True crime can get pretty heavy and uh, sad and hard to take sometimes. Right, right. And sometimes it's not, and we wanted to highlight that. The other reason is because occasionally we get punked. Right. Some of these articles are ones that we came across and sent back and forth between each other and said, my god, that's Insane. We have to cover this. And then doing a little more uh, research, discovered that uh, it wasn't real. It came from a satire site. (laughs) Thank God we did research before we uh, repeated this. Mm -hmm. Some of these articles were sent to us by some of you. Yes. Uh, Don't feel bad if you fell for it. Lots of people do. It happens. People tweet these articles. Uh, Politicians, Mm -hmm. celebrities, you know, influencers they fall for this stuff all the time so don't feel bad if you did we have to Mm -hmm.
1: Uh,
0: but it makes a really good point about doing a little research yes our going policy here at the true crime squad is that if we're going to share anything we want to be able to verify it in three different places three different news articles three different pieces of social media three different quotes But we want to know that if we're sharing it, it happened for this very reason, because it's really Mm -hmm. easy to put stuff on the Internet that's not true, that seems very true. Now, the stories we're going to share with you today, some of you might go, I could have fallen for that. Some of you might think, oh, I did fall for that. That didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them you might go, "Mm, I would have questioned that one.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Moreover, we just wanted to make you laugh and make you think a little bit. Yeah. So, Christy, Mm -hmm. I think you're going to kick us off with a story about a man and his favorite Dragon Ball Z blanket.
1: Oh, boy, am I. And, you know, sometimes you take a real risk by messing with somebody else's favorite blanket. This is a Florida man story. And when you hear it, of course it
0: is. And this is one we fell for and almost reported on. This
1: close, man. Mm -hmm. This close. Yeah, well, it turns out that uh, a young man uh, walked in and discovered his brother having sex with his cousin. Already, huge red flags. But it was all occurring on this man's favorite dragon
0: Z blanket. That was the true offense. Yes. Apparently, that
1: was the real problem. Was not the incest. But uh, the uh, sex on the favorite blanket. So he did something that, well, is a bit unexpected. He bit off his brother's penis.
0: I mean, it is Florida, man.
1: Uh, yes, however, quite extreme. Uh, he was arrested for this assault, of course. He did say that he regrets nothing. And this way it will never, ever happen again and be right about that uh the cousin said that she described the attack as savage and she hopes he rots in prison his brother was hospitalized with several injuries and he may never use his dick again so he may
0: never have the chance to defile his brother's
1: dragon Ball Z blankets
0: and nothing about that article is real
1: not a single
0: thing But
1: it's a Florida man story, and that makes it a little more believable. So we certainly had to do our research on that to discover that that definitely did not happen, or as far as we know, has never
0: happened. I mean. Maybe it did, but it was actually a Pokemon blanket? I don't know.
1: (laughs) Keep an eye out when something's really extreme. Sometimes it's really not true. hmm
0: Let me tell you about an artist from Canada. Yes. This is a man named Bruno Miller, 49 years old, an unemployed sculptor, and self-described performance artist and fertility shaman. Well, Bruno had really been offending people in his community. This started in December 2017 in La Malbi, which is a Canadian province in Quebec. And he started a campaign, a campaign that he called Penises for Humanity. <laughs> and he started patrolling La Malbi during the night and adding genitals to every snowman he could find. Now a real several- service to the community. right he was really he was doing i don't know can we call that the lord's work is that what they say well Um, every night he was hitting every house and uh area he could possibly come up with and adding all different kinds of phallic work and people were getting quite offended and they were making reports (laughs) To the police, because children were seeing this phallic art, and they didn't appreciate it. It had even been said that some of the phallic art showed up near schools and near retirement centers.
1: Mm. Those people have never seen a penis before.
0: (laughs) Obviously, little (laughs) old ladies were all (laughs) proclumped. Mm -hmm. He evaded the police for two more years aiming increasingly more provocative targets of snowmen near schools, churches, and then retirement homes. So the police needed to catch him. They'd had enough of people sending in uh, complaints. Everybody was pretty mad at Bruno and his uh, penises for humanity campaign. So the police did what uh, you would normally do, I guess, in a sting operation. And they built a big pristine penisless Snowman. And they watched and they waited. And guess who, in the dead of the night, stealthily approached the snowman and went to work. Creating some snowballs, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) And they grabbed him. And they arrested him in 2020.
1: That seems like entrapment, but whatever.
0: Right? Well, they charged him. And he was convicted to 18 months in prison. Dozens of his victims were present in the courthouse. Isabel David said this, I hold a daycare center and that pervert added penises on every snowman the children built for more than two years. It was about time someone stopped him. But his attorney, Ms. Janine Harvey, had a very different look at this uh, situation saying that her client's fundamental rights and civil liberties were being violated. He was using his freedom of artistic expression to promote his religious beliefs in fertility shamanism where phallic representations are viewed as powerful divine symbols. This judgment violates his most fundamental rights. So there you have it. They had already claimed that they would be filing an appeal right away, as this was a dangerous step towards government thought control and intolerant social puritanism. However, most experts and analysts agreed that their chances of overturning the judgment were extremely, well, slim. Aw, nuts. (laughs) And none of that actually happened.
1: Nope. Not true, hilarious,
0: but not true, but not true in any way. No, Mm-mm. okay. Uh, Christine, mm-hmm. it just so happens that an ancient grimoire was stolen. Yeah, you want to tell 15, us all about it?
1: 1500 year old magical grimoire, which is a book, like a magical book, right stolen from an Italian museum. The thieves in this case were in fact invisible. This happened at about 3.45 in the morning and some items simply disappeared from their displays in the museum. This is the Museum of Prince Priscinema in Padua, Italy. There were uh, a 6th century Egyptian Greek codex of necromancy, demonology, and alchemy, a collection of medieval Arab incantation scrolls, and an 18th century magical lantern lantern were among the items missing. As Police as, they're, as you would, yeah. As you would, right? I mean, we've got to be real concerned because that codex could, you know, about demonology and necromancy, that's pretty serious. So, of course, the police were called and they examined the video footage and what they saw was, well, very disturbing. Because they saw their items being hauled out of the museum by invisible thieves. The cameras simply show things moving around and the grimoire disappearing, but the thieves themselves are totally invisible. We don't know how they did it, say authorities. Uh, Some investigators were already deciding that this had something to do with military technology. The thieves probably used some kind of cloaking device producing a complex electromagnetic field. Probably. probably. The infrared cameras only caught their silhouette twice during the whole heist, while the regular ones showed nothing at all. Lots of policemen and federal officers of the carbonary surrounded the museum that morning and tried to find any evidence they could to help solve the heist. The nature of the stolen objects did bring a lot of attention and speculation from people, thinking that the thieves may have used some kind of magic to commit their crime. The stolen codex, which is the oldest and most known, most complete known copy of the corpus. Hermeticum, the reference document of medieval hermetic magic, has already been the target of several theft attempts, but they were all failures. It does contain instructions on how to create magical objects like talismans and amulets, and how to perform magical spells and divination, and how to summon the supernatural entities such as angels, spirits, and demons. And guess what? This has never been solved. And that's because it did not happen. None <laughs> of this is true.
0: But that article was passed all over the internet by people yes, it was over how in the world this happened. Yes, it didn't Legit- legitimate
1: questions <laughs> about you know
0: military technology and
1: magical incantations. But turns out, no, well, this did not happen
0: at all. Wow. Well, I would like to tell you about a situation that happened in Montana a few years ago. This was a very disturbing situation that had people in Montana quite upset Mm -hmm. and people in the entire area. Well, there is a man by the last name of Arnold who was running a jerky shop. He actually had a whole market store for 35 years in Butte, Montana. Mm -hmm. And his jerky was the best around. People came from all over the place. Everybody knew. His name was Shep Arnold. And it was called Shep's Jerky. And everybody loved Shep's jerky. Everybody wanted to get a hold of Shep's jerky. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it just so happened that an executive from Jack Link's jerky was in town for a family event. And all his family could talk about was how amazing Shep's jerky was. So he was like, what the hell? Well, I've got to get a hold of some of that. See what's so special about it. Mm -hmm. So he went over to Shep's jerky shop and he bought some jerky and he agreed. It was the best jerky he's ever had. So he bought some more. And he sent it back to the Jack Link's factory to their scientists there to test it out, figure out what's he using that makes his jerky so good. So they did. And the first thing they discovered was that this was not the meat of a cow, which is what they expected. Instead, Mm -hmm. it was the flesh of a human. Boy. And they thought surely that was wrong there's no possible way this is true, so they ran an independent lab uh, series of tests, just to check their results out and again human. So they of course called the local authorities who uh, went ahead and arrested Shep Arnold on suspicion of using human meat for his jerky that he had been selling to the public for the last 35 years. As you can imagine, the people in Butte, Montana, and the surrounding area were horrified
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: had all become cannibals overnight without meaning to be.
1: I didn't even know accidental cannibalism was a thing.
0: (laughs) So uh, then people started to talk, and they realized that over the summer, every year Shep would hire a new helper for his store. He would say, summer is a busy time, and I can use the extra help for a few months. What he neglected to say, but authorities later discovered that uh, many of these men had been reported missing over the years. Well, it didn't take much for the Butte authorities to put two and two together and put Shep under arrest for making and selling human meat jerky from his help. <laughs> and that never happened.
1: It's not true.
0: But people fell for that article hard. Hard. Yeah. It was all over the place. Mm -hmm. especially in the Idaho, Montana region, (laughs) when it first came, who the hell comes up with this stuff? (laughs) 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 Who's laying in bed at night thinking, what should I write for the blog today? (gasps) I know, human (laughs) meat turkey. (laughs) What? (laughs) Uh, Well,
1: it's got that little hook that every uh, true crime aficionado is interested in. It must be a cannibalistic serial killer. Mm-hmm. Come on. I guess. <laughs> there are a lot
0: of us that would at least be interested and in be looking into this. It's true. It's true. It, it definitely has the hook. hmm mm-hmm. So anyway, there is an no OSHEP, and uh thank God mm-hmm. there's not. Yeah. Now we have earlier this year we had a series of stories about some really bonkers violence happening in fast food restaurants. Yes. Uh, From a man uh, having his three-year-old little boy shoot at the police Mm
1: -hmm.
0: to another person getting mad that their food took so long and causing a car accident Mm -hmm. to uh, a man and his daughter, his teenage daughter and her best friend who were both employees at a fast food restaurant put together a a failed heist in which the best friend actually Got shot and killed. Yes. So we've been wondering what the hell's going on with fast food restaurants, and apparently so have others, because you've got quite the story coming from McDonald's.
1: I surely do. Did you know that around 10,000 pedestrians are struck every year by drivers who are rushing to beat the McDonald's breakfast cutoff time of 11 a.m.? Which we all know is bullshit, and no one thinks that McDonald's should be cutting off breakfast at 11, and yet they do. Uh, they did switch to all day for a while, but COVID ruined it. They did. They did. Yes, COVID did ruin it. Uh, one official said, our estimates show that once every 15 minutes in the U.S., a pedestrian will be struck and killed by a car Gunning down the street to place their order for a sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddle meal before the restaurant transitions to lunch at 11 a.m. Now, if that seems outlandish, imagine that also around a thousand cyclists are struck annually after getting hit by drivers who miss the cutoff time but do an illegal U-turn in the middle of the intersection to see if the McDonald's on the other side of town is still doing breakfast. (laughs) So, officials are recommending that you do not walk or ride your bike near a McDonald's until after the breakfast cutoff time for your own protection. Mm -hmm. Also, just to note, 85% of the pedestrians who do survive being hit were so badly injured they could only barely crawl into McDonald's to beat the breakfast cutoff time. (laughs) And this, my friends, is 100% not
0: true. (laughs) It didn't happen. However, it seems kind of plausible, doesn't it? It kind of does, yeah. I'm sure it's happened at least I'm not a McDonald's person, but if
1: you're a big McDonald's person and you really like McDonald's breakfast, I've seen people get seriously
0: pissed off about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, Look no further than mm-hmm. TikTok. Yes. You'll see some Karen videos on this, I promise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One hundred
1: percent.
0: Well, speaking of eating and food, recently in Denver, Colorado, a man broke into a pet shop and ate ten pounds of dog food. Oh my god A man with an extremely bad case of the munchies was arrested after he broke into a pet shop. So here's what happened. A store alarm triggered around 3 a.m. at Doggy Kingdom Pet Shop in Denver. So the police headed over there and saw a broken window. So they entered the building and they saw 49-year-old Wendell Garrison inside the store gnawing on some dog biscuits. Mm -hmm. Lieutenant Esmeralda Molina was one of the officers who arrested him and she said he was visibly high on drugs and appeared to be starving. He was sitting on the floor in front of three open packages of dog food and he was stuffing himself with those biscuits like (laughs) like there was no tomorrow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That dude was really hungry.
0: She said he's Certainly the least dangerous criminal she's ever arrested. Uh, No criminal charges have been filed yet as the store's owner hasn't registered any complaint. Mm -hmm. It's possible that he may offer Mr. Garrison a settlement if he accepts to pay for the damages that he caused. According to the police, Mr. Garrison admitted he'd smoked a lot of cannabis with one of his friends during the evening. He said he was walking home when he became extremely hungry and walked past the pet shop. So, apparently, having food cravings is normal uh, while using cannabis. However, extreme cases like this one are relatively rare. However, last year in New Jersey, a woman was arrested after breaking into a Dunkin' Donuts and eating five pounds of raw dough. And a man was arrested in California for eating frozen chicken wings in a Save Mart supermarket. Whoa.
1: Whoa,
0: ten pounds! Can you imagine eating ten pounds of dog food, or N- any no. food?
1: No, no, I cannot.
0: But dog food in general—I mean, was he also lapping water up out of a dish? Because I think you'd be pretty parched after. Yeah, I don't know. I think so. A pound or two, a, 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 you know, a milk bone or two. I don't know. Mm. Luckily, though, this entire article never happened. So that's the
1: good news. I'm pleased for this person that this never happened because, yikes. It's true.
0: Now, there's an old belief, old, Mm -hmm. old old timey belief that if you get your hair cut outside of uh, your home, that you should ask for that hair and take it with you. Because yes. it's yours and you shouldn't let other people have or discard of your hair. And this mm-hmm. became very true in New Orleans not too long ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You want to tell that us all true. about it?
1: Yes. A hairdresser in New Orleans was arrested recently and has been accused of using his customers' hair to create voodoo dolls and cast curses on them. 29 year old Enoch Azaka collected the hair that he cut from his very own customers at the old city barbershop and used it in black magic rituals. Officials said we found a voodoo altar in the store's basement with dozens of dolls. We also found (sighs) baggies of hair, each marked with the names of the customers it came from. Now police said that Mr. Ozaka used his skills as a voodoo sorcerer to cause pain and illness to his victims in order to extort money and sexual favors. Mm -hmm. The victims uh, suffered from many maladies, including acute migraines, back pain, severe rashes, respiratory problems, and even some sudden and eerie hemorrhages that would cause blood to come out of their nose, eyes, and ears. Now, apparently, Mr. Azaka actually contacted them himself to explain that he was the powerful sorcerer that was causing their pain. Apparently, some of the victims called the police after he asked them for money. He showed them the dolls and threatened to increase their pain if they didn't pay him thousands of dollars. Two of his female customers claimed that instead of money, that... uh, he asked them for sex in exchange for dispelling the curses he had cast on them wow Ozaka now faces 184 criminal charges including 94 charges of theft 32 charges of extortion and 48 charges of
0: witchcraft
1: which I did not know was illegal <laughs> <laughs> witchcraft only in, in a
0: satire article
1: apparently Witchcraft and the practice of magical arts are still illegal in Louisiana under an old French law that apparently predates the state's acquisition by the United States in 1803, which means it would be null. But anyway, the, the uh, act says that um, anyone who should use practice or exercise any witchcraft, enchantment, charm or sorcery shall be sentenced to a minimum of 10 years of imprisonment. If found guilty, Mr. Azaka could get a fine of $1.125 million. Wow. And face a total of 835 years of imprisonment. Wow. He was freed a few hours after his arrest on a $120,000 bail and should be back in court in October for the beginning of his trial. Uh, in October of I don't know what year because this isn't real and did not happen.
0: Never happened at all. Honestly, though, I mean,
1: I wouldn't even be surprised if that did happen. I don't mean we've either. seen things like something like this happened in the town where we live with a practitioner who was actually mm-hmm. extorting people for money, doing mm-hmm. something like this. But apparently, mm-hmm. the hair boot dolls have not ever actually been a thing.
0: Okay. Well, there you go. Right. Well, our last story comes out of Ohio. This happened just recently. In an Ohio Walmart.
1: Mm. In Cincinnati. Something always happens in Walmart, doesn't it?
0: Always. Always. Well, Wanda Brown decided she was going to apparently decided she was going to steal a Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. You know, we both worked at Kmart when we were in high school and in college, and people would steal things in pretty creative ways. That is true. In their clothing, in their baby's diaper. We saw that repeatedly, mm-hmm. uh, various ways. And, in the
1: pockets of clothing they were purchasing.
0: Yes. Also, uh, it is a thing for women to use their V pocket to steal things. Yes, it is. Yeah. And apparently, this. Uh, woman thought that she would be able to conceal a 7.5 foot slim Yuletide pine Christmas tree inside the V-Purse to sneak it out of the store.
1: Seven foot?
0: She's not even seven foot, so I'm not sure how she thought this was gonna work. But here's what happened. A sweet older lady named Lucy Myers walked into the bathroom and saw a woman lying on the ground in a puddle of blood with a Christmas tree inserted two feet into her lower extremities. Good God. She thought maybe she'd been attacked or had some kind of terrible accident. She said... She she just fell
1: on it, I'm sure. She fell on it, it just went right in there. Okay. She
0: thought it was the work of a sex maniac. (laughs) So, the police came. And they uh, had to call the ambulance and discovered that this was actually an ill-conceived criminal plan. Here's what the CPD spokesman, Terry Terrell Harris, or Captain Terrell Harris said. The officers were in disbelief when they saw the footage of the security cameras and understood that the woman's wounds were self-inflicted during an ill-conceived criminal plan. When we saw her go into the restroom with the tree and noticed that no one else entered before... The witness who called us we understood and instantly felt nauseous that's the dumbest crime we have ever seen (laughs) wanda was transported to the university of cincinnati medical center where her doctors still consider her condition to be critical but stable and no longer fear for her life she suffered severe lacerations necessitating over 375 stitches and lost more than two liters of blood She hasn't regained consciousness yet, but doctors expect her to do so within a day or two. Ms. Brown has a long criminal record, including several larceny charges, as well as other crimes like possession of counterfeit documents and impersonating a police officer. (laughs) She will now face two new charges of larceny and indecent exposure. (laughs) Indeed. But her lawyer has demanded a psychiatric evaluation to d- determine if she's really fit to stand trial. Yeah. And thank God, that never happened. Okay. Again, I must ask, who the hell comes up with this stuff?
1: <laughs> <laughs> A seven-foot tree? She inserted
0: it two feet? <laughs> you what the... God. <laughs> Poor Lucy thought there was a sex maniac on the loose.
1: <laughs> Pretty great writing. Pretty great.
0: Writing. <laughs> my favorite of all of these stories is the Jack Lynx story, though. The Jack Link's one, when it came about, absolutely killed people around here. So many of my Facebook friends shared it, thought it was real, oh, yeah. were so horrified and pissed off.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in the Christmas tree story, I just saw it a whole bunch of times, just like last week. Uh-huh. It was all over the place. Yep. And I went, yeah. two feet! <laughs> I a I'm going to tell you right now, that's not possible. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no. No, no. So there you go. There are eight stories for you that aren't real and never happened. Yeah. When people shout at you on the internet to do your research, they might not know what do your research means. But do your research means look at all the sites, look at all the news sources, go on social media, Mm -hmm. think about it for a while. Research things like the names and the places that are being touted and see if you can find any information on those specific things Mm -hmm. see if you can find different articles that are written by different people not just the same article regurgitated over and over because that happens a lot yes before you make a judgment on anything and any bit of information whether it's in the crime world or elsewhere and believe it to be true yes it's okay to take anything with a heavy grain of salt and pay attention to it and, you know, come back and revisit it later on to see if there's more evidence of this being true or not being true.
1: Well, and but Truly, we never get 100% of the story of anything. No. On any case we report, on any story we talk about, we don't have 100% of the story. You know, many of you will remind us because uh, you'll comment later on something we reported and not note the date. That part of what happens is that part of the story will get reported and then more information will roll out over time. So it is so important to stay fully informed. Mm-hmm. And if something seems too outlandish to be true,
0: it probably is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Take another look, think about mm-hmm. who's reporting. One of the things that uh, people miss frequently are the sources Babylon B. Is satire.
1: The onion is
0: satire. Uh, a lot of our stories came this time from World News and Daily Report. It mm-hmm. says at the top of their website, World News and Daily Report, where facts don't matter. Yeah.
1: It is a satire site.
0: That should tell you a lot. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you've fallen for these from time to time, don't feel bad. Everybody yeah. has.
1: Everybody does.
0: And it's not just these, really, it's not these at all that I'm concerned with. It's all of the other misinformation out in the world these days. Mm-hmm. We reported just yesterday on a story where a little uh, little boy has been murdered by his mother and her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And initially, because the police had reported on her name incorrectly, uh, her last name and spelling wrong, The news uh, researched that that spelling of her last name, found a person with that name, and pictures of her from her social media and her boyfriend and started publishing them as being the person who'd been arrested and her boyfriend. And as it turns out, that woman is deceased. And that was extremely upsetting to her family. And then a lot of news sites were... And to her boyfriend or former boyfriend. Yeah. Doing a lot of backtracking because uh, that was all wrong.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now the correct pictures are out there, but uh, but and and of course, to their defense, that came directly from the site or from the source, from the police who spelled well, her last name themselves.
1: wrong. Yeah. These things, things happen, happen to everybody, including the police, including the media. We mm-hmm. all get it wrong sometimes.
0: Things happen for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there you have it. <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed this episode, uh, or didn't. Not everybody thinks satire is funny at all. So maybe yeah. you didn't. We love it. We think it's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm here for it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I could write this shit. I could. <laughs> right? uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> not gonna, because we don't need more misinformation out in the world. No. But I definitely could. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's it. We're going to be back tonight with case updates, real ones, mm-hmm. very, very real ones. Yes. And then we'll be staying after for the cold read party. So if you subscribe, we'll be here for the cold read party. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do have one more Patreon coming out next week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other than that, that's a wrap for us for the year. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take next week off to rest and recover and uh, get some brand new segments ready Mm -hmm. for season four. Be prepared to see me showing
1: up in shorts a lot. That's something new. Okay. I've already done it several times. That's right.
0: I was literally thinking about clothes. I'm like, how would they even know? (laughs) (laughs) And it's been like, what are you talking about? All of our (laughs) socials, YouTube and all of our other socials. Thanks for that. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. good. (laughs) Thanks, you guys, for making season three amazing. We have grown exponentially this year. We have enjoyed it a lot. We've all learned a lot. Uh, We have been able to advocate a lot. and. We're proud of that and we appreciate you guys very much for your support so as always like share follow and we'll see you on the flip side this has been yet another production of the true crime squad take care
1: merry christmas and happy new year <laughs>